Hey you damn guys, welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas and I'm here with Aubrey Loveless. Hey you damn guys, how's it going? It's <laughs> <laughs> <How's> going. <laughs> yeah, man. I gotta mention, probably for the last week, I think, we've got our annual raffle going on right now. We do. We've got some amazing art, original art by Richard Pace, who donated a, an amazing tribute to Hellboy Seed of Destruction. Yes. We've got an original comic uh, preliminary art from Lawrence Campbell, some signed sketchbooks by Mignola and Lawrence Campbell. We've got little statues for your bookshelf. <laughs> We've got the book club special. We've got all sorts of great prizes. The quarantine edition sketchbook. If you don't have a copy of that, you could snag one here just for donating to the Lilith Fund, which is the organization that we're supporting this year. I recently made a big push on social media. So I think you had told me three separate people had donated like $100 each or something. In a row. Like that. That's amazing. It was like wow. bam, bam, bam. I had them in the email that's like incredible. that. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. So. Thank you so much for supporting this awesome, awesome cause. The Lilith Fund provides abortions to Texans who need them, and that's awesome. Yeah. And we love to do that, so we love you for yeah. supporting that, and thank you for that. That's amazing. And yeah, thank to, you, guys. To get the response from that push, so it's been really great. Thank you guys for donating, and let's get a couple more donations in before the deadline of November 1st. I'll be doing the drawing on Instagram Live. I'll post like the exact time. It'll have to be when I get home from work and stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe I can get Danielle to help me out. No. If this is your first episode, this is a book club. It's a book club. Yeah. We're hanging out. We're reading comics with all of our friends. Friendship. And Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Oh, man. So <laughs> here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you what we're going to read, and then we're going to read it, and you're going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it, what we read, and then you're going to listen to us talk about what we read, and then you're going to send us, hey, damn guys, it's an email or a message on social media or something like that or a comment or whatever, and you're going to talk about what we talked about when we talked about what we read. <laughs> and you're going to talk about that too. And then that's a book club, and that's friendship. That's amazing. Friendship. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. It's truly amazing. Great job. <laughs> and then we're going to... Uh, oh, no. It's going haywire about, now. We're going to talk about what you talked about. Much. What you talked it's about. Us talking oh, about no. what we read what about. What did I do? I created Back a to monster. you, John. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener, listener feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get out. Regarding our Baltimore episode, we got a Hey You Damn Guys from Jules Oliveris. Jules Oliveris. Book club member. Mm-hmm. She said, listen to it yesterday, and I say it was cool reading the book and recognizing the familiar Mignola and Stinbeck images in the pages of the otherwise Hellboy unrelated book. The vampire with goggles that attack Lord Baltimore in the opening sequence instantly reminded me of Monster Johnson. Oh, and the yeah. European okay. villages remind me of Stinbeck's work on Witchfinder. 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 Paul silhouette reminded me of Ilsa Hapsford. And we've seen the Prussian vampires in Hellboy and the BPRD, oh, yeah. and yet the story feels fresh and different from Hellboy, and the Baltimore vampires are way more interesting than the vampires we got in Hellboy. Cool stuff. Patiently waiting for part two of the discussion. Oh, don't worry. It's coming. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, we'll be recording with Wes again, I think not next week, but the week after. We'll be back with Wes and we'll be doing our Baltimore stuff. I can't wait to talk more about that. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Mark, but Mark Tweedell, book club member and also sometimes book club host. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he also does like all of our reading order and stuff like that. Yeah. He did. The, yeah. he, he already sent me and Wes the reading order for the Baltimore stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. So there you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, so now we've got it. Regarding Baltimore, he said, ah, oh, yes, the fleeing vampire souls. Remember when they killed the vampires and those little yeah. red birds came out? This is such a key part of the Mignola and Golden Outerverse. So that's cool. And that's, yes. I guess that's going to come back. Yeah. He also said, everyone that's had to draw Lord Henry Baltimore has had to contend with the belt of stuff. It's a tough job. As for Baltimore's leg, I don't really want to answer the question you asked, but you are right in that it shouldn't work, yet somehow it does. Great. Uh, in answer to is Dan- that going to be a thing though? Like, I wonder are they going to? An- is that why he doesn't want to answer it? Because it gets answered? Oh, I don't know. Because it's magic. Mm, I think it's probably just magic. In answer to Danielle's question about the zombie-looking vampires, those are revenant vampires. Oh, that makes I don't sense. remember where I got this information from. Maybe the novel. Okay. Okay, so Excellent. there might be more information sure, sure, sure. there. I don't remember that. No, that's yeah, that makes total sense. That's great. I'm pretty sure these people made all of Lord Baltimore's equipment, and he posted a video to noiseless props have you seen this i have not it's so cool i'll post it on the show notes Um, it's like a seven minute episode about how on movie sets things like glasses with ice and paper bags and plastic bags make so much noise (laughs) that you can't hear anything yeah um things like uh it it interferes with the sound the 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 the, the, uh, balls on the pool table sure um, so I've they, seen things like that before. So they have yeah. to make modified versions of them what? that are quiet. Okay. Oh, wow. And they have different techniques of doing stuff like... They have to make quiet versions of those objects? So Out like, of what? Out of just whatever? Okay, so the ice cubes things? are okay. like chunks of silicone. Wow. Clear silicone, and they float in the water, and they're completely wow. quiet. And so when you pour the thing, it's just like... That's... Yeah, wow, it's I never thought it's of wild. that, of the sound design, and, and that interferes with that. And like the paper bags and stuff like that. They showed a clip from The Office yeah. of them bringing something in a paper bag. Like, that would be way too loud. You what know? is it? What is that made out of? Uh, I forgot. I think it's some sort of fabric. Wow. Or okay. something like that. Or like they wet a paper bag, wetting it with this certain That's combination so of silicone and water makes it... Man, but it also wears it. That, it it makes... also wears it out too really quickly. So sure, you have to, yeah. or whatever. That so, makes anyway. perfect sense, though. So anyway, I'll post this video. It's I'm so... I'm not describing it as well as the video. No, but There's that a makes... seven minute video that when Mark you shared. say it out loud, it, so it makes cool. sense. Like so, when Baltimore's running around, like that, yeah. all his stuff is like, oh no, it's, oh it's, no, yeah, it's, it's quiet. That's great. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. That's a, that was a long way for you to get to that joke. And I appreciate it. Well, that's I what... appreciate the journey that you made to explain this joke to me because it's funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like it. Did you see that video, Aubrey? I'm going to watch it. It sounds fascinating. I, haven't actually, I don't think I've seen that one, but maybe I have. But I have seen a video where they talked about um, having – or maybe I read an article about how they real-life products make a lot of noise and so you can't have that in a movie. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. Film, yeah. When you're filming it. Yeah, you got to check this out. Anyway. Now every time I watch a movie, I'm going I'm to be thinking about <laughs> I wonder what that's made of. You know what I mean? When that lady was, they were pushing all the bo- dead bodies in the oven, and that lady sure. was like, very good, only five minutes between each one, or right. whatever. Uh, Mark said he also cast her as Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can be real creepy when she wants to be. So we had our What If episode last week. That was so much fun. I was listening yeah, back that was to that great. one. It was really good. Drew Campbell said. Drew Campbell. Book club member. 
We were laughing about this one X-Men Unis. Unis. He's an actual guy. Unis the Untouchable first appeared in X-Men number eight. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah okay. I've, I've never heard of this guy before. Bring him back. Yeah. Bring back Unis the Untouchable. Yeah. Have they brought him back? Why not? I don't know about it. He also said, here's a drawing of Mesmero. We were talking about Mesmero. We were trying to figure out who he was by an artist you may be familiar with. And he posted the cover to X-Factor 55. Mesmero, I have that issue. Yeah. Mesmero <laughs> versus Beast. It's by Mignola. So yeah, uh, yeah. That's how I knew. That's how I knew that character probably because I've seen that cover so many times. When we were talking about it, that's the actual thing I was thinking of, but I couldn't remember his name. But uh, yeah, I actually have that whole run of the original uh, X Men team of X Factor one through seventy. Yeah, you were like huge into yeah. X Factor back then. Fuck yeah, it was one of the comics I started reading when it first when I first started reading comics. So yeah, yeah. Awesome, I remember that. Anyway, we're I, I'm sure we're going to talk about X Factor a little bit more. So we got a, a Hey You Damn Guys from Hayden Noor. Hayden Noor. Book club member. And Hayden Noor said, great episode, you damn guys. It feels weird to hear y'all talk about anything that isn't Mignola related, but weird in a good way. That's good. <laughs> I like that. It got me wondering, John's favorite Marvel hero is Silver Surfer. Danielle said she's a big Doctor Strange and Magic fan. So Aubrey, who is your favorite Marvel hero? Spider-Man. Okay. And Wolverine. Nice. But Spider-Man. <laughs> wow, okay. John's a big Spider-Man Yeah, fan. Well, I love Spider-Man, Spider-Man too. Man I have guy. a lot of Spider-Man. I'm big into that, too. Yeah. Okay, very I mean, cool. It's a good pick. I mean, I love I love all the Marvel heroes, I mean, but... Sure. I mean, if, if I had to... If I if you if you set me down and said, Arby, right. you have to pick one, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. Okay, right on. I love it. Well, we're about to get... We're Both of us are about to get a movie that we're very much looking forward to, then. Uh, and who are your guys' favorite DC or Image characters? We'll have, to, we'll have to come back and think about that one, I guess. DC or Image? I mean, I don't know. I, there's this bat, the batted man. No. Do you like him? I mean, I it's think too about, much. but I think like that's probably what I've read the most. I mean, I like the Trinity. You know what I mean? Mm. I like yeah. Wonder Woman, Superman. Yeah, but there's. I don't know. I'm not that deep into DC, I guess. But I like. I have a shit ton of Batman comics, right. you know what I mean? I have a shit ton of Wonder Woman comics, and yeah, those well, are probably my I, top two. Okay, I definitely like the Trinity, but it's it's Green Lantern for me. And oh, if, you're right, me yeah. which, if you're gonna ask me which Green Lantern, it's gonna be Guy Gardner, even <laughs> though he's probably the dumbest Green Lantern. I just like him a lot. Um, yeah, that's great. And the only tattoo that I have on my body is the Green Lantern symbol. <laughs> oh right, that's right. Oh yeah. nice, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. Man, yeah, you've always been huge into Green Lantern. I, I'm not as deep into DC as some people, but I, I do enjoy it. Like, you know, I mean, um, I like the Justice League and, you know, stuff like that. But I've never gone into, like, Doom Patrol or anything like that. I'm, most of my DC that I know is from, like, the DC Animated Universe uh, from right. the 90s. the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, watched the, I watched all 10 seasons of the Smallville. I've seen watching. all of their movies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's most of my knowledge of DC, but I mean, I I love Green Lantern. I really do. It's been like my favorite character since the um, the Super Friends days back in the day. Right wow. Cool. I will say this: I have read a lot of uh, really weird, out there, cool cosmic shit on yeah. that side mm-hmm. of things. So that is they they do have some of that in Green Lantern, various Green Lantern stories and stuff. They also have a lot of weird stuff that's not worth reading as well. So yeah, I'd have to come back around. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that and think about it. I though. feel like you've read more DC than I have. Mm, have I though? Yeah, you know more of the more obscure characters. Do I? Yeah, I think so. I don't You're know. a little. You, the, you have more deep cuts, I think. I don't know about that. I don't know if I do. 
Uh, I don't know. We'll okay. see. I don't we'll know. See. I'd have to think about it. You're talking you've, about uh, Marvel stuff this whole time. It's it's hard to stop thinking about the X Men once you start thinking about. <laughs> but but you've read uh, haven't you read the the New Teen Titans, the Marvel Wolfman stuff? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, I have I've always wanted that. to read that, and one yeah, day maybe I will. It's great. <laughs> it's great. As far as image, I don't know if Madman counts as image because I think he bounced around. But yeah. Madman, I mean, I think most of the Madman stuff and the Atomics and all the stuff, all the related. You're really up on image stuff, so um, you would be the guy to talk to. Man, uh, I love Madman. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing. I mean, and then the last, there's only one book, but apparently they're going to make a second book. One thing that I'm just loving right now, and I keep coming back to it, is the fucking um, Murder Falcon and uh, Little Bird. Yes. Those, those are, are great amazing yeah. series from Image those that are, are just like, they're only, one, they're only one trade, but it's like, I if they made more of that, I could immediately be like, that's my favorite. That be in your that's box. That's my favorite yeah. thing. Anyway, yeah. what about you, Aubrey? When it, well, when it comes to Image being that it's so creator owned and all that it's really yeah. kind of hard to say like this is my favorite image character but i really love invincible i've read the entire series oh, yeah. um murder falcon like john like i yeah i didn't really i i forgot about that one but uh yeah that is image uh fucking that comic made me cry that fucking book was so good i, I can't think of uh, sagas from image so yeah, that's good that's really i love good that too. stuff yeah yeah I, I guess it's it's more like what creators do i like from image so you know like robert kirkman and you know brian k vaughn and fiona staples and all that so you yeah. know it's just it's i like the fact that image isn't isn't just like a universe of like another set of superhero characters yeah. so yeah you were saying that uh the green lantern symbol is the only tattoo you have at there was a time I didn't do it, and probably good on me, but I, w- I was going to get the Spawn logo. Oh, no. Because I was no. super into Spawn. Were you and really so old I, were you? Awesome. How old so I also, was this? I also loved Spawn. Wait, uh, when probably like this? when I was like 19 or 20 or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Um, and oh, I was man. like uh, you know, in college well, or whatever. I probably. Think. I don't know. No. I mean, Spawn is fucking awesome. And, on, like man. It's still super popular. Um, and apparently that it's really good. That doesn't mean it's a good tattoo but, uh, no, idea. Uh, but, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, I will agree to that, and I didn't get it. Yeah. But anyway, I love Spawn too. I'm a huge Spawn sure. fan. That's Image, right? So there you go. Yeah, I was when I was digging out my what ifs, I actually found my Spawn number one and Wild Cats and Young Cut Bloods number one, but definitely not any of those. Not on my top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I like Spawn when it came out, and I like McFarland. So you know, whatever. All right. Yeah. So Hayden Orr also said. Also, you guys should definitely cover some of the DC Elseworlds stories. They've got Ooh. some great spooky-themed ones you guys could do for a future Halloween episode or something. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. I've read uh, I've read a few of the DC Elseworlds stories. They're pretty good. I like okay. how they're a little more long-form than yeah. the Marvel What Ifs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So, for the last week's episode, we were talking about... Um, angel's outfit and he oh, yeah. had, free balling it yeah well and i had mentioned that i thought that he looked very much like um zap brannigan in that outfit and he so he left a little picture of of zap brannigan <laughs> on there. and he said uh, angel's costume in that x-men issue is made of velour. Velour. velour so that's great it is it is it's made of velour Man, it, I was surprised by how much it did look exactly like it. Really like it really did. <laughs> I yeah. color scheme. I should have put them side by side. I'm going to do that in the Instagram yeah, story. There you go. We also heard from A.T. Johnston. A.T. Johnston. Book club member. Yeah. Thanks for chiming in, A.T. He said, oh, man, I hope you do the Conan what if. <laughs> and I was like, what is the what? Conan what, what if? So I don't know. The only one I know is what if Conan fought Wolverine. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. it. And that's the only one that I could find. Wow. What if volume two, number 16. 
So I looked at this. Yeah. It was fucking okay. awesome. It okay. was fucking awesome. We gotta look at this. I was this like, shit. oh my god, this is great. I just love a mashup. Man, it was good. I just love shit. a ridiculous mashup. <laughs> Man, I, I read it back in the days at once, so I can't really remember it, but didn't didn't Wolverine like fall back in time into Conan's time or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Or did Conan come to the future? I can't remember. Both happened. Okay. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Anyway. Uh, great job there. We also heard from Benny Decker. Benny Decker. Book club member. He said, there was a What If styled comic series from IDW a few years ago called Deviations. Okay. Might be up your alley. And so uh, he posted the cover to it. And uh, on the cover, it says G.I. Joe, Ghostbusters, Change Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, X-Files. That's too many. That's too many things. That's a lot of I don't, but I don't think that it's all those things in one thing. Oh, I think it's like I was like that's too separate much stories stuff. Okay. maybe right. involving these different things. But like, what are they mashing up X Files with? That's well, awesome. No, I want to know. I that really stood out to me. I picked yeah. that. My brain immediately picked yeah. that one out of that entire list, and I was like, the X Files. So I got to check this out. IDW is that like Mulder and Scully, or did they make up two characters for the comic books? Like I don't what? know. Because uh, I know that there were. Be, it's not X Files without them it's i know that's them. what i'm saying well i think they were on the cover of the thing well too. that's what i'm saying is that yeah. there i know that there were x-files comics with Mulder and scully i.e jillian anderson and david Duchovny. like yeah they that was did, by idw you know I mean? too so yeah. yeah they own that so huh that's so interesting i, gotta, I wonder what, i gotta get this on comics what is the right situation when you have two characters that basically are just two actors that do they have to talk to them about like using their likeness no. or what is that? No, they own it. They own Mulder and Scully. Yeah, that's interesting to think so about. So it's like not them, right? But I mean, it's them though. Mm. It's their faces. No. Yeah. Their faces are owned by a corporation. Right. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I think that's, that's such a fascinating uh, and weird. They, they idea. might have to pay them a likeness, a likeness sure. rights or something like right. that, but. I don't know how the contracts and things like yeah, that were. Yeah, this, right. this is interesting. So anyway, but, yeah, I wonder what the I wonder what they're mashed up with. Yeah, I would like so, to see I would like to see them mashed up with Batman. I know that that's oh, a different. Yeah. Ninja Turtles have done Batman. Yeah, yeah. There good. you go. That was and like the Predator. <laughs> that was a really good story. Oh, actually, Predator, Batman, Batman fights the Predator. That yeah. was great. Yeah, that's not what it was called, but that's what happened. I think it, it was, was called Batman, Batman. Burst. Versus Predator. <laughs> yeah. So I was close. Batman I just remember Predator. it being Dawn of good. Justice. Dawn of Justice. That's too long Shit. of a title, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, we also heard from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yeah. One of the few more recent What If issues I've read, I happened to review it in 2018 when it came out, and I have a real fundamental problems with it. Love hearing you guys about your guys' pick. And then he posted a uh, picture of What If Peter Parker Became the Punisher. Yeah. Wow. I, have, I have not read it, but I have Jeez. seen the cover, and it is interesting, it to say intense. the least. It, the, the cover, it's like a tribute to Punisher number one, where Punisher's against the wall and he's firing the guns, but it's yeah. Peter Parker, oh. and he's firing guns from the venom costume he's oh. in the black costume and it's made well, is I, it making guns or is it webs I, I, no i thought it was like he he had web shooters that were guns i there didn't realize i didn't think it was like the venom costume i thought he was just wearing a black punisher oh um, yeah you know, right. no i think you're right it probably wasn't the venom yeah. costume i just looked yeah. at it really quick but it looked pretty cool and i was like oh that's punisher number one like it was like yeah. if you put him side by side right. it would be the exact I mean, same cover but he the had, images. like, the skull thing on the front, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I was kind of like, oh. I mean, the image is really cool, and the artwork is really good looking. So it's really good know, looking, how... but I've never read the comic. So if you're looking at this image, how do you know it's Peter Parker? 
though. Because oh, he's the Spider-Man mask. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's got the Spider-Man that's mask. It's got the it's a black suit. It's a cool idea for a cover. I don't know how great of a story right. it would be, but anyway. Christopher, what are your fundamental problems? Or send me the you know your uh, review. Oh, like okay. Tell yes. us all about yeah. it. We'll post a link to that review. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go find that review. I'm gonna dig it up on the Google's. Great. And post it. Do so it. yeah, we'll all check that out together, and then we'll talk about it. We will. And then you can tell us what you thought about the review, and then we'll talk about that. And then you'll talk about what we talked. Did I do it? And that's friendship. <laughs> All right. We got a Hey You Damn Guys. A very spooky <laughs> Hey You Damn Guys from Rosferatu Dracula. Rosferatu Dracula. <laughs> Book Club Vampire. Oh, awesome. It's it's Ross. It's Ross. <laughs> it's Ross. <laughs> it's Ross Radke. Are you a vampire? <laughs> That's such a great vampire costume you've got on. Here's a Snickers. <laughs> All right. I don't think I... <laughs> You're so scary. <laughs> I don't think... Look at your vampire <laughs> teeth. <laughs> Look at your little cape. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever actually read a proper What If Marvel comic, but I'll make a case for the original Earth X by Alex Ross, John Paul Leon, and Jim Kruger yes. being the greatest What If story. What if everyone on Earth was an inhuman? What if the Watcher was blind? Yeah. What if the Watcher was not sighted? Nearly every major character appears in a form befitting the What If tradition. What if Captain America was the last human? What if the Banner and Hulk split? What if Peter Parker retired? What if Reed Richards became Doctor Doom, etc.? During a time when X-Men and Spider-Man were the backbone of the Marvel brand, Earth-X introduced me to the universe of Jack Kirby. Yeah, That should always be applauded. Everybody, every it's time a- every time someone gets introduced to Jack Kirby, a nerd gets his wings. We love it. <laughs> um, Storyworks as a standalone gives everything you need to know about, say, Machine Man while making me want to yes. learn more about Marvel's history. So that's uh, uh, very cool. Yeah, no, okay, I'll, well, yeah, check that out. Alex, right? No, it, if Alex Ross is involved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, have you guys read read them? Because I've read I've read Earth X, Universe X, and Paradise X. They're really good. I haven't stories. read those. No. So there was someone that convinced me to read these things. You know who it was? Was it me? Yes, it was you, Aubrey. You were like, you gave this, and you were like, you need to read this. Like I am, he like handed me, he handed me three giant trades, and he said, you're gonna read this. You love it already. You don't know that you love it. You're gonna read it, and I fucking did it. It was was actually five trades. There you go. It was something like that, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was fucking amazing. It was really good. It was really good. Um, That's some good shit. I'll check that out then. I always felt like it was a uh, like the future of Marvel from a certain point, mm, you know. Right, sure. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, let's say Marvel like actually went into like you know the the future of themselves in like the 1990s. This would be kind of where they would have ended up. Oh, so I don't okay. think it'd be the future of current Marvel. Right. But uh, man, that story was so good. Uh, like Alex Ross does not do the art on the interior, but he does um, all the, the covers. He does all the covers. Okay. And he designed all the characters. Yes. Uh, they have sketchbooks in, in in the back. Um, oh, nice. If I can if I can dig them out, Daniel, I'll bring sure, them over yeah. uh, next time I'll because it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. that's good oh, stuff, man. Thanks for yeah. bringing that up. I might just get them on digital or something, man. That's some good stuff. Yeah. So, Ross, have you read Universe X and Paradise X, the part two and part three oh, of the story? Let us know. That'll let be part know. two <laughs> and part three of this. Hey, you damn guys! <laughs> all right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. This week, 
It's Halloween times. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, do that again. It's Halloween times. <laughs> it's Halloween times. What happened? All of a sudden, we were transported to a gigantic castle. <laughs> To a to a just a big cold dank castle all of yes. a sudden. Yes. How and uh, so you know, a lot of this show I'm finding out is just an excuse for us to read other Mike Mignola stuff that we that yeah. was on the Hellboy Book Club. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. This week we're reading Mr. Higgins Comes Home. This is a graphic novel published by Dark Horse Comics on Halloween in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It is written by Mike Mignola with art and colors by Warwick Johnson Cadwell. Nice. Letters by Clem Robbins. So Warwick, I'd never heard of him before. He's a stalwart of the UK comics industry, working in editorial illustration, animation, concept design, storyboarding, and narrative art. His work includes a much-celebrated take on Tank Girl. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, other, cool. other titles include Samurai Jack, Helena Crash, and The Marionette. He's also got some great sketchbooks for sale on his website and stuff like that. So I'll um, bet his Samurai Jack stuff is great just yeah, from looking at this. Yeah. And so there's an amazing cover. We got to talk about this by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart. Mm-hmm. So we've got this bat right there kind of carved into the wall with this symbol. And then there's some Latin underneath and it says, and in the blood moon or something like that. And the moon is blood or something. Or something. You didn't look that up? I did. Um, I don't, <laughs> it says something. It's something about a moon and some blood. I don't know. Hold on, wait. It's probably still in my history. So the um. So does that mean uh, art by Warwick Johnson Cadwell? Does that mean he did the colors as well to his own art? Yeah, his, he did do. He, he did do the okay, colors. Cool. So that is really cool too. So the inscription here says, "And the moon is in blood," in Latin. Oh. So uh, one thing it that says I, the moon and blood in Latin. Yeah, it says in parentheses at the end. Yeah, <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also uh, I just noticed this right now. The eye in Higgins is a little stake. You see that? I thought that was clever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that that's cool. Yeah. So what I like about this, we're looking at the digital version, but the book itself is just like a nice little hardcover, mm. and so when you open it. That's fun. The double page on the just inside of the cover is this big red image here. And so we're going to see this is all the vampires coming to Castle Golga. Uh, but I love that. And I love seeing Warwick stuff in just like the monotone. We also get some right. pictures of just like the Countess. And I really like his colors Count- a lot. Yeah. Um, and then on the title page, Mr. Higgins comes home. This didn't really hit me until after I read it, but... This is an image of them all happy, Mr. Higgins and his wife. Yeah. And this is where they're oh, all. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, ah, you know, um, we'll get into it. This one really wild image of Mr. Higgins and the Countess and all the other vampire guests, I guess. Yeah. These costumes that they have are just hilarious. And like, it's good. You just kind of get a sense. It warms you up to Warwick style, yeah. I think, on just seeing these before it gets into the full color. But gosh, the amount of detail and all the little things that he does in there. And there's a. What I really love about this is there's a there's a sort of humor to it. I don't know how to describe it. I can understand. Well, there's, there's that, but there, there is humor to it, yeah. which I do love. But there's also yeah. this very 
poignant kind of sadness. It's yeah. funny and sad. Yes. It's very interesting yeah. and unique. I yeah. really I really dug this one. I can see why he would do a good job with Tank Girl. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Um, with this kind of style. So we do get this one image I want to talk about of Meinhardt and Knox. And they're in like some sort of catacombs thing. This isn't in the comic. I think all these other images are kind of from the book or based around the idea of it. But this isn't. So I thought that, oh. that was kind of interesting. There's an inscription by Mignola. He says, This one owes everything to those great old Hammer vampire films, all those Draculas, Brides of Dracula, Twins of Evil, Captain Kronos, etc. And especially to my all-time favorite vampire film, The Fearless Vampire Killers, Mike Mignola. Warwick Johnson Cadwell says, For the movie monsters that kept me up at night as a nipper, drawing them rather than worrying about them. And also for my family, who I may worry about but seldom draw. I thought that was really cute. Anyway. Aww. <laughs> we open up on this first page, and you want to talk about the art a little bit? As soon as I got to this page, I was like, this sets the tone, you know, for the rest of the, the book. It's you, it's You've got a little cubism going on here, you know, instead of viewing the room or, or the objects in the room uh, from a single viewpoint, you know, you've got a lot of various viewpoints happening at the same time. Okay, yeah. So you've got a lot of different perspectives in like, the same yeah. time. Because so this kind of blew my mind the yeah. first time I looked and at it. And so when he draws people, he'll draw them from like several different angles at once and, and the room and the, the tables and the beds and whatever it is, they're all from all these different angles at once. And so you kind of get this... It's very, it's very cubism. It's very Picasso. But at the same time, he doesn't ever go over the edge with it. Hmm. It's always very, it's still quite restrained. Like you can still tell what's going on. You can still tell the movement and the storytelling is still very good. And so it's very, it's, it's kind of cartoony, but kind of artsy yeah, at the so same time. And so some of it at sometimes you're like, at some points it resembles adventure time. And at some points it's very Picasso. And so it's very, you know, <laughs> and so I, I really it. liked it just because it was a little bit different, but it wasn't so different that I found myself unable yeah. to follow the story or unable to enjoy the artwork. And it was never confusing. It was, it was, it always kind of feels like it's going to go over the cliff but it never does yes. so it's very satisfying to read and look at i i, I still really liked it despite <laughs> the almost unconventional style i really like it i think it's it's very expressive yes. it's uh despite you know the risks that might be involved to some people i think it really pays off i like it yeah this story opens a long time ago somewhere between the carpathian mountains and the black sea professor jj meinhardt He's the main guy here of Ingolstadt University, happily dreaming of cabbage and rabbits. <laughs> and uh, so Ingolstadt, that's a city in Bavaria, Germany, on the banks of the Danube in the center of Bavaria. And Ingolstadt was mentioned in the Hellboy comics. I don't remember oh, where. Somebody tell us where that was mentioned. I know it's, I remember it from there. And I tried to search my notes and it wasn't in there. So I'm thinking it was one of the earlier episodes before I was cataloging all my notes in OneDrive or whatever. So we see Meinhardt here. He wakes up to find a vampire in his bedroom looking through all of his shit. But he's not scared. <laughs> well, because he tries to intimidate him. He's like, ah. He hisses real loud at him and tries to be frightening yeah. at him. And he goes, well, sir, we'll have none of that. And he brandishes a cross at the vampire and it flies away. I, I can very much hear like a uh, Ben Kingsley there well oh, sir, yeah. we'll have none of that <laughs> just very just very nonchalantly kind of we'll have none of that the little flut 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 and the you know all yeah, that is really great really as it transforms into a bat there's this one weird panel where it's all like stretched yeah. out and everything so he was dreaming of rabbits and cabbage 
What yeah. a weird thing to be dreaming about. I, actually, I, I think that was supposed to just be like he he's calm and serene yeah. and it's cute oh, I and know, fluffy. But still, what a weird thing. And I have weird dreams too, but I mean The rabbits were eating the cabbage <laughs> yeah. in his garden, maybe. That's I, I actually looked that calm. up to see if that was some sort of symbolism. And all I got were articles saying, yes, rabbits can eat cabbage. And and pictures of rabbits eating cabbage. Right. I think it was that was adorable, just a, but it didn't it, give me any information. I think it's just a, a, a cutesy, calm, cozy way of saying he was having yeah. sweet dreams. But I thought, I, I checked on that too, Aubrey. I was like, does this mean anything? You got a bunch anyway. of articles about, can my pet rabbit eat this yes. or that? Okay, right on. Good and, that people are checking. That's good. To so, check before you feed your rabbit something. Yes. So his colleague, Mr. Knox, comes in to check on him. So I just wanted to talk about this scene. Like, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit with you. But, like, Aubrey, what did you think? I mean, you're kind of just coming into this. You're getting used to this guy's art. There's this scene here. I mean, what was your kind of... Uh, I mean, look at that. That's, yeah. that's Pablo Picasso. Look at this end table. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it, it was very interesting. And, like uh, like you said, like those first few pages, it was nice to kind of kind of get like a primer for what his art was going to yeah, look like. Yeah, set but, uh, setting. The way it's very stylized, and, but it's it's expressive, but it's also... It's right. easy to understand what's going on and all that. Uh, I really like the way they do the, uh, do the light rays off the cross. That was pretty cool. Um, it's cool to see something different. Too. Yeah, it's oh, refreshing. Yeah. It's yeah. refreshing, you know. I mean, um, I'll be honest. If I was a kid, when I was a kid, I probably would have just passed this over because like I was kind of just dumb in my artistic <laughs> choices. But uh, lately, I, I've become you know more. Uh, well, we've not lately. About, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like you guys say, like you know, um, sometimes you just don't have like the ears yeah, for it at yeah. the time. Yeah, we talked and, about that. Yeah, so like my sixteens. 13-year-old self would look at this and wouldn't have the eyes for it, but now that I'm, like, way older... Your ears uh, are bigger, your eyes are bigger. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm not just saying taste. it's just, like, this yeah. comic that you opened it, but, I mean, it's just... Uh, I don't know. It's also really cool to see something different in comics, too. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. It's nice. Yeah. It's yeah. refreshing. And and I like the way that the vampire is um, turning into the bat as it's yeah, kind of morphing cool. out. The, it's, almost, it's almost, like, fluid, but also blocky kind of thing you can almost you know? see that if it were animated yeah. how cool that would look yeah yeah you know? I, I love that it would <laughs> very be very exaggerated, wiggly yeah. yeah there was an artist uh portormo i don't remember the exact name but he did this kind of mannerist artwork where oh, okay. um the limbs were exaggerated yeah, yeah. and the torsos you were got a kind lot of that stretched out yeah and um that's what this kind of reminded me the of. vampire is very much doing that if this were animated this would be like something you'd see on liquid television yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> over this next page we learned that Meinhardt and knox were actually going after these vampires and now the vampires know they're coming knox is like maybe we should wait till next year so that lets us know that this is like a once-a-year thing. But Meinhardt asks that they at least keep their appointment with Mr. Higgins. As he says this, we see Castle Golga in the book. And this lets us know where they're going. So, like, I was so impressed by how much storytelling yeah. is done. Yes. Like, they don't have to say any. No. We just learn all this stuff through happenstance. We're like, oh, they were actually after those vampires. And now the vampires know they're coming. And it's this is so where they're going. It's so succinct. And, and it's I'm like, so grateful for that. that <laughs> mastery and anyway it's really good yeah the book that mr knox holds up says the true history of the golgas and it has a bat on it that's kind of like the cover image and it reminds me of the true secret history of the world the fictional book in the hellboy universe it says tarkin oh, yeah. uh it, it says tarkin at the top of the book i couldn't find a reference for anything of that except for star wars stuff for like 10 pages i'm scrolling and it's like just <laughs> stills oh, stuff about star wars anyway 
Well, maybe Grand Moff Tarkin really knew a lot about the history of uh, Golgotha. <laughs> there you go. And um, and then we got the inscription there and the blood moon or whatever it says. I think one of the words is cut off. Yeah, so I like all this. We cut over to Castle Golga and we see Count Golga is being awakened early by his assistant, Mr. Ugo. I like his assistant's uh, his outfit. I mean, that, that red shirt and that black jacket combo. Very nice. <laughs> very very 90s vampire assistant. They know about Meinhardt, and the assistant seems fearful of how close he is. They mention he's in Brudka. I couldn't find a reference to that, but it's like they know about him. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got the little wax seal yeah. there. But I, I, I love the uh, the lid of the coffin, if you notice oh, here. Oh, man, there's so, so much detail in there. Yeah, I was wolf. just about to say that, yeah. There's a big bat, there's a countryside. It's nice, the trees. And... Yeah, we see that bat logo That's over cool. and over again. Uh, I, I like the... It took the time to really do all that, I love that. Yeah, I mean, like, look at the clouds on the top of the page with Castle Golga. That's like, cool. I don't know. I just love it. It's so cool. The assistant's scared about Meinhardt, and this is horrible timing, too, because tonight is Valpurgis. Because the assistant guy is like, oh, do you think we should cancel? It's kind of serious. He's like, cancel? Because he's, he's like, there's a gang, there's some dudes who are coming to kill you. Do you think we should cancel this party? Yeah. Cancel? Tonight is Valpurgis, the devil's own night. We celebrated in this house for 500 years. Ugh. I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking cancel my party for anyone. <laughs> It's amazing. Yes. It's incredible. He also says that they're already on their way, too. You know, all the guests and everything. They were an invited guest. <laughs> amazing. Wake the Countess. Wake the Countess. I love it. So who are you casting this guy? I love your performance <laughs> of Count Golga. Who's Count know. Golga for you? I don't know. I mean, obviously, if if we could have got Vincent Price to do this, it would have been oh, fantastic. Right, yes. But, you know, RIP. We cannot, oh, that we cannot been sadly get that guy to do this, so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who would you cast yeah, as the yeah. count? As soon as a hey you damn guy. The oh, spooky hey you damn guy. I love this. I think we've talked about this on the Hellboy podcast, but the Valpurgis Night, an abbreviation of St. Valpurgis Night, also known as St. Valpurgis Eve, is the eve of the Christian feast day of St. Walpurga in the 8th century abscess in Francia and is celebrated on the night of 30th April and the day of May 1st. We cut over to this convent. I love this little, um, this like inscription on the door, I guess, or something. Looks like a relief carving. There you go. A nun leads Meinhardt and Knox to Mr. Higgins. He's been with us for years now since he was caught attacking all those sheep. Apparently he was quite the savage. Impossible to believe now. He's really such a dear man and so sad. You'll see for yourself, she says. And so she opens so the door sad. and there's this panel where he's Aww. she's like, oh, remember I told you you have visitors? And he's like, yes, all right. Aww, and this panel, this little oh my goodness, so the way that they draw him is just like, gosh. Aww. I looked at this panel for a while. It was, yeah, it really struck. Like you said, yeah. it, it just really, it's very striking. It's very, he's just this little old man. It's just so sad and dear and sweet. Just this little guy. And uh, and you're immediately like, he's a werewolf. Right. <laughs> right. Like this poor guy. I like this whole exchange because he's like surprised that they want to meet him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything. And, you know, they're, well, what a pleasure to meet you. Is it? Yeah. You're not going to believe me when I say the things. Exactly. But Meinhardt says, this is very much our sort of thing. So he tells him the story. So there's that image from the front of the book where him and his wife are there in the carriage. They had just gotten married. They were on their honeymoon. He says, uh, it was years ago and not too far from here. Their carriage broke down. 
and this fellow came to their rescue. And so we see that it's Count and Countess Golga. That they're the ones. And so they have we have this scene at the dinner table. Look at this. So uh for them, they have like a turkey or whatever and potatoes and stuff. But the Count and the Countess have oh, bowls of no. blood. They have bowls of red soup. Jeez. It's just oh, like gross. <laughs> and and can I just say, man, what uh, could be. Um <laughs> Can I just say though, what the hell did they do to break their carriage down? Like the wheel fell off, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, intentionally broken, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Ooh, you know, if you ever likely. played the Oregon Trail, you uh, would know that you need to keep spare wheels because sometimes they break and cannot uh, be repaired. Uh, good job there, Oregon Trail master, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do want to talk about their. Uh, what is that called? The bed the frame? Head- yeah, yeah. The headboard. The headboard. There headboard. you go. The headboard here. Um, again, just like some really cool designs really by good. Johnson Cadwell. It's like a bear eating a fish or All something. All the little details. Are yeah. I was thinking like a, like a bear eating a salmon, but I don't think I could sleep at a, with a headboard like that. I mean, that would just be a little too creepy. He's just having a snack. Yeah. He's just having lunch. Looks like a uh, taxiderm rat. <laughs> <laughs> All this, th- there is so much stuff to talk about in this house, in the castle. Um, so we see... It's pretty big. That might be like a small nutria. Yeah. Mr. Higgins gets up, and he can't find his wife. She's not in the bed, so he starts looking around. And I mean, these, I just like poured over this. Yeah. Like, are these real things? Like, are these real pains? I don't think they are. I think they're just like they're weird cool, stuff that uh, Johnson Cadwell comes up with, and they're just like amazing. I love this one. There's like a <laughs> lady petting like a cat or a fox or something. <laughs> This other lady with like a skull and a sword. Yeah, that's dope. And the crown. Very cool. Just everything. There's so much like little detail in there. Oh, look, in the little, um, in this cabinet, there's like an owl carved in the top. You see that? Yeah. It looks like there's a picture of uh, Triton or Neptune. Oh, oh right. good like job, Neptune Aubrey. Thank you. Yes, please. Uh, I was like, I didn't even know how to look for these. This looks like a moon and a heart. On top of the owl cabinet. Yeah. I don't know. This is neat. Just so much cool stuff. I really, uh, this all this art really appeals to me. Yeah, it's good. Um, so Higgins finds a trail of blood. He follows that down like more creepy corridors with just like tons of cool shit on the wall that we could talk about forever. One thing kind of looks like the BPRD symbol. Yeah. Do you see that? It does. It does. Oh, uh, yes, it does. This yeah. one looks like the thing. Oh, yeah. One kind of looks like the, um, God, oh, someone's going to kill me. This the Lipu dagger. Yeah, and this kind of looks like, what's it's called? The, the Iron uh, Maiden. Yeah. A lot of little references you there. Think, do you think these are all little Easter eggs for that? Yeah, this one kind of looks like Abe or something, it doesn't looks it? looks a little bit like Abe. Are we reading too much into this? I don't know. Us, our, our, minds are, yeah. our minds are. What if this is Excalibur oh. down here? Maybe. Tell uh, us what you yeah. think. Send us a hey, you damn guys. Mr. Higgins, the blood trail leads him to this giant door that has that bat symbol on it. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. And there he finds his wife, and she's been drained of blood, and she looks dead. And he starts crying over her body. But then she wakes up, and she's like, Albert, don't be afraid. It's me. It's your Mary. He's like, ah. And then Count and Countess Golga come out, and they all get him. Those panels are incredible. Like, it's just all red, and they reach out, they all grab it, and then, like, there's just a wordless bubble. Terrible. You know what I mean? After that, it was all just a nightmare. They did things to me for a long time, made me do things. 
Now I just want to die. Jeez. When Meinhardt tells Higgins he's a brave man, Higgins says he's not a man, especially at night. He's a wolf. The nurse tries to intervene, but Higgins just keeps going, saying he's tried to kill himself. He thinks he'd have to cut his head off. Yeah, because nothing. he's like, I, I've tried to kill myself, but nothing seems to work right. I, I think it has to be done in a special way. Maybe I need to cut my head off. Or and Meinhardt's like, what about a silver bullet? Yeah, but he's so calm oh, when please, he says it. Oh, please, Higgins, exclaims the Well, he's so calm when he says it. He says, I f- he's, he's so matter of fact. He goes, I, I found in cases like yours, a silver bullet is usually called for. Do you have one? Oh, yes, lots of them. Oh, please. Yeah, I, please I love that me. delivery. Yeah. It's so good. And then she's real pissed. She's like, yeah. oh, now really, now come on. <laughs> really, Professor, Mr. Higgins. He's like, oh, please. And please so they start making like this agreement. Him, yeah. uh, I, I think this is so hilarious because Meinhardt and Higgins are taking this so seriously. Yeah. And the nun just thinks all this is ridiculous and wrong. He's like, well, let's let's make an arrangement. I need your help. <laughs> and when we're all done, I'll see that you're properly killed. And yes. she's just outraged about this. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's the plan. He'll give him a proper death. If he returns to Castle Golga and leads them to the crypt. Right. So sad. Uh, it's very sad. This this one image in the center of his assistant where he's saying, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Knox. I, I, I know you guys don't watch Doctor Who, but he looks like a, he looks like a Satarin from the later okay. Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> Tell My- us if he looks like the guy that Aubrey said. Yes. Meinhardt says that Count Golga is a high priest of evil. He explains how all the vampires will be having their Valpurgis party tonight. And so we got to talk about this illustration here. <laughs> yeah, I just love this. I mean, having I love a this. party for the devil. Yeah, you see Castle Golga and they're all like dancing around it. And then this one guy in the middle, is that him? I don't know. It's uh, just I some assume guy so. Oh, yeah. Doing yeah. some stuff. He's got the goat head or whatever. It's a party. It's pretty cool. I love that. So Higgins agrees. They're super naked. Did you notice this? Yes. Yeah. Their wieners are out. Oh, yeah, they got those little wieners. They're flopping around. They got wieners flopping around. We are going to track them to their lairs and put an end to their plague of horrors. And then we see him, like, hammer a stake into this one vampire, and it's like, gah, and all the blood is coming out. I love that right there. I think that is so great. I could, like, see that in live action. Sure. Like, it's just... Uh, Would he melt like uh, like Indiana Jones style? Yes, nice. yeah, something like that. But still be screaming. The yeah. skull would still be screaming, yes. right? As they leave the convent, Meinhardt starts to make preparations when suddenly a carriage pulls up. It's Countess Golga. She's there to invite them to Castle Golga immediately. So they're like, oh, well, um, we have other plans. And she goes, no, y'all are all coming. And they're like, oh, well, we have to go get our stuff. And they're like, oh, we're getting your stuff already. And so. <laughs> but the way he says it, uh, we're, we're very flattered, madam, I'm sure. But I'm afraid my friends and I are otherwise engaged this evening. She's like, no, you're getting into this carriage right now, actually. Someone else is getting your stuff. It's fine. Yeah, well, we also see Count Golga is there in the carriage. And he's like, I insist. That's a very nice carriage, too. It is. Yeah. It's all purple. Yeah, that is really nice. As hell. Um, I like Meinhardt like peeking in there to tell him. We've got nothing to wear. we got to go change our clothes. Yeah. He's like, no, I already sent someone to go collect your luggage. This guy just, wah! I know. This is so hilarious. Wah! This is the part of where I yeah. see that there's like just humor yeah, in, within the art. And uh, and we, they're breaking open the, the luggage, and we Jeez. see he's got all his tools in there, all his shit to fight the vampires. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love just like looking at these little detailed shots that Johnson Cadwell does, like, there's so many different things in there. It's very cool. So, like st- moments like that are very adventure timey. Yeah, you know what I mean, I love yeah. that. 
the word smash itself looks like it's stuff that was smashed open. Right, yeah. It's like, in, yeah. like it's all, anyway. It's within the it's debris neat. and stuff like that, the yeah. perspective. I love that. Really amazing. As the carriage goes off, we are actually having a sort of celebration this evening. I think you gentlemen will find it very interesting. I'm sure we will, Count. I'm sure we will. And we cut to the three of them there. I love that shot of them just <laughs> like... So awkward. They're like, we're in deep shit now. You know what I mean? Why like, did they get in there? There was nothing they could do. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. So they just have an umbrella over the Countess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess she's all right. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a nice little touch there. Anyway, I that's I feel like they're being so polite right now. Run away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid we need a change of clothes. Nonsense. Just get in the carriage. It's fine. Yes. Run away, maybe. Yeah. Get out of there. <laughs> it's not a bad plan by it's the good. count. Yeah. I think it's really good. I, I think that whole we'll, scene we'll plays out. We'll invite them politely and yes. they can't refuse. <laughs> it's foolproof. So we see, we see the carriage pull up to the castle Golga and the interior again. Uh, Johnson Cadwell is just creates this amazing interiors where you just want to like pour over every little detail and see um what all these little things are there's so many little things everywhere look at all these little animal heads so then they immediately take their coats too and they're like like this continues this over politeness (laughs) shit just continues count golga if it's all the same to you i'd like to keep my coat so would I, Mr. Knox says. Nonsense. They're too dusty from all your travels, <laughs> Count Goga says. We'll have them clean for you and ready in you the just, morning. Motherfucker just says, oh. And they just take them off. Like, Mr. Ugo what? just takes them off. Damn. <laughs> no. So after that, Count Goga sends them all to their rooms as he attends to the other gas. And so we get more of this where they're just walking through the hallway. Yeah, and the just hallways like, have Look all this at cool all these. stuff I in mean, there, man. It's yeah. too much. It's, it's too much to talk about. We could spend forever just yeah, pouring I love over... It all the little details in there. That I like one the looks painting like... of this lady with this owl under the moon. Uh, There's an axe embedded into the wall. Yes, I was going to talk about that. I like this banner with there's like an eye and a star. And a... Very cool. Yeah, I was looking at that too. There's like a snake in a glass case or something. Oh, no. Yeah. Looks like a genie lamp in there. And then there's some sort of desiccated head or whatever. Yeah, we get one panel of that. That reminds me of those Mignola mood shots. The mood shots, shots, yeah. You know what I mean? What's this painting? Okay, I want to talk about this. So we see Count Golga. He's addressing all the guests. Welcome, friends, one and all. Well met, now and forever, even to the ending of the world. And they're like, here, here, I want to say that the next yeah, time we have pretty, a party Yeah, or next time we have a party, that's what we'll say to everybody. But behind him is this image, and I actually did look for this. I tried to Google and see, and I couldn't find anything. But it's like all these witches and a devil or some sort of goat thing that's in the, the background devil. approaching this dead knight. Or is a he knight? dead? Maybe I don't he's know. sleeping. I Maybe. thought he was asleep. Yeah. yeah. And that is so cool. It's good. Is one of the coolest things in this whole book, I in my it. opinion. I just could not stop staring at that to the point where I was like trying to find it, yeah, trying yeah. to see I if mean, this is like a real panels. thing. It's good. Yeah, it is really good. So I don't know if that's a real painting or something, a reference to something. Please let me know. I like this guy's outfit. This is rad. Oh yes. So all the vampire guests. I mean, again, everything that Warwick does with the stuff on the walls, he just does it to the nth degree with their costumes for this Valpurgis party. Yeah, man. It's just incredible work. I really enjoyed that. It's good. I like their I like their like cloaks and their shirts and stuff. This guy looks like he's got like an 
an eye in the middle of his shirt. Yeah. That's cool. Golga tries to pass it off to Belazar with their big hell Satan thing. <laughs> Belazar is up there with the human sacrifice in his red horned robe. Jeez. Receive this sacrifice that has been prepared for thee, Lord of Hell, King Satan. Hear me, come forth. And then there's like a beat where all the guests are watching. And then Belazar like pokes one eye out to see if anything's happened. <laughs> and then they're like, really, Belazar, again? <laughs> And then we even see the sacrifice sit up. That's really like, good. What's going on? And they're like, he really <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> well, this come along. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, come along. Dinner will be served. That so Count really is like, all right, enough of this. But I just love this whole yeah. beat right here. God, that was it's hilarious. And just so well conveyed with the pacing and the everything. Pacing, yeah. I love that panel where he peeks and peeks out to see if something <laughs> the, has happened. The first uh, panel is very lemon grab. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. So then, as he's walking, and then there's the even a better beat because then after they they're walking off, him and the human sacrifice, he says, "It wasn't my fault. I think the sacrifice was wanting." Don't try to put this on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty pathetic if your own sacrifice is calling you a failure. Those I are know, two right? very <laughs> funny pages. Those are great. The, a... Just the expression on the guy and the pacing and the timing and yeah. then just like how she's walking away with him. Like, you suck. Yeah. You suck, actually. It's good. She says, you're a failure and you always have been. But then we peek behind the curtain. It's Black Phillip. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know about this. I, I yeah, saw it was a black goat, and I understood that that was probably the devil that they were trying to conjure up. But I've never, I haven't heard of Black Philip. Black Philip is a goat who is also the devil. Oh, it I was also in that movie, The Witch. Yeah, I like that panel though. Like, I, or the couple of panels where he's kind of sneaking out from behind the uh, the okay. altar there, and he comes out, and that's a really cool panel. I like yeah, that. I like that little reveal there. So I do, f I did find this article on refinery29.com. It says Black Philip is just the most recent iteration of pop of popular culture's longstanding tradition of depicting the devil as a goat. The most popular image of the satanic goat dates back to the ever mysterious Knights of Templar, who were accused of worshiping an idol known as Baphomet. Yeah, Baphomet's kind of a big deal. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Very cool. Thank you for pointing that out to me. This yeah. is a very detailed article. Nice. There's a lot of stuff in here. Hold Never on. heard him referred to as the Knights of Templar. I just heard him as the Knights Templar. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They are the Knights Templar. Very cool. All right. So that's who that is. Yeah. Um, I like on this next page. So again, all the weird stuff on the wall. So we see this one weird thing. I don't even know what that is. And then we see that Mr. Knox, that's actually what he's looking at. Right. So I don't know. I kind of see it very cinematic in a way. Like you would see that first and then you would see that he's also looking at it like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> So on that panel, we see Knox looking at that weird goblin with the coins. So there's this other painting there of these people uh, sitting at a table playing a game. It's like someone in red and someone in brown. Yeah, yeah. This is in the Hellboy comics. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's in several of oh. them. You I don't see it have... in a couple of panels, too. Yes. It's in, um, it's in some of the Lobster Johnsons. Oh, what? It's in one of the Lobster Johnsons I know at least. What? And I, I oh, don't wow. know if it's in the Witchfinders, but... It's cool. appeared in a couple different ones. I think um, Matt might right know on. where some of the other ones are. Um, let us know. I, I thought that was really interesting. That's I recognize yeah. that. So I had to point that out. Right on. So over in the guest room there, Knox, Higgins, and Meinhardt, they all freak out a little bit. They have no weapons, except Knox has a one-bullet gun in his shoe. So I do want to talk about this. There's a scene that happens so quick. 
Higgins gets overexcited because all he can think about is that bullet's for me. Yeah, well, because he has, he's like, oh, it's not very big yet. It only holds one bullet. A silver bullet? He yeah. gets so hopeful and excited, and it's just the saddest. And in the middle of all this, he hears a voice. Albert, it's his wife, Mary. She's oh. still a vampire. She's still there. Jeez. But in the process of her popping out, she startles Mr. Knox, who fires the one bullet gun, uh, striking her in the chest. And all this happens her. in one panel. Uh. And then she's just like, oh. And then she falls down dead. Oh, terrible. So, like, he's reunited with her after all this time. Yeah. And immediately he sees her die. They just have enough time for her to say husband, and he says Mary, and then she's, like, double dead. Yeah. Again. For all the, like, kind of dark humor in this book, like, where he's, like, just crying and everything, it's just like, God, it really tugs at your heartstrings. It's so sad and poignant. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Oh, and by the way... Count Golga and all of them heard the gunshot too. Like, did did you hear something? <laughs> so I, I could see that the party scene being a very like Venture Bros kind of yeah yeah them talking about just whatever like day to day bullshit that they have to put up with or whatever the shit. I also like how the party is nowhere near as rambunctious as that uh, description we saw from a few panels <laughs> oh, back. Of course, yes, back. absolutely. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, that is so great. Like what they believe it to be. Yeah. And then the re- uh, expectation versus reality or whatever. Just being a bunch of fucking Uh Thank you for shits. pointing that out, Aubrey. Yeah. That is so funny. That is great. Yeah. They think it's going to be them dancing around naked with this giant thing. And it's just a bunch of people in costumes, like, just You're like, Well, that around. sucked. A bunch, of, a bunch of vampires in costumes, let's be honest, just though. Just them talking to each other. It gets worse every year. I don't know why we come. <laughs> After the gunshot, Meinhardt and Mr. Knox decide to run. They tried to take Mr. Higgins, but he's just like, oh, leave so me alone. Sad. He's crying over his wife. It's so sad. And after they leave, Higgins there crying over his wife, he hears a voice. It's... Black Philip. Yes. <laughs> I see you have come home at last, he tells Higgins. This isn't my home, Higgins replies. Oh, I assure you it is. It's no. A, it's as much of a home as the dirty, dirty place that you were born, you dirty, dumb idiot. Like, he's such a dick. <laughs> And he goes, that's not nice. I guess yeah, that's <laughs> not nice. You were born a common man, but here you were reborn, Black Phillip says. This place is horrible, Mr. Higgins responds. They hurt you, Black Phillip says, but they also made you into something special. They ruined me, Mr. Higgins says. No, they gave you a gift. And what did you do with it? Chasing after sheep and feeling sorry for yourself. You are a very sad thing, Black Phillip says. I want to die, Mr. Higgins says. What? And let Golga and the others get away with what they've done. Jeez. And then he's like, Golga. If not for yourself, think of what they did to your poor wife. And he remembers her going, I love you, Albert, forever and ever. And then he sees her skull face. And then he's like, Golga. And he's like, that's better. And then he turns into the fucking wolf. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. So this this kind of just made me think of that one part in Heavy Metal where then the court case and then the guy like, you know, mm. he ends up turning into the big monster and he's all like, oh, right. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting those kind of eyes that when he like burst out as a werewolf. I'll kill him! Kill him! This red background, you know, the color. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very cool. They're up I here love in a sunflower this. field and then all of a sudden yeah. you know, the devil is like, turn into a werewolf. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> That's much better. Yeah, he, he says. likes that. And then uh, he just bursts <laughs> through the wall. God, this next page. This is unexpected. <laughs> and he just starts chopping <laughs> them down. 
again, the little onomatopoeia stab is like within the yeah, blood. Yeah, the blood. That's Slash cool. is kind of within the, you know, the action really and stuff nice. like that. You got the little grr in the background there. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I, I missed that one. That's good stuff. Um, this one guy here looks like Beavis for some reason. <laughs> that's Count Golga. Oh, no, right? That's Golga. Uh, that's Golga. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we just see the werewolf just, just tearing shit tearing apart. Tearing shit up. It's really good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just love this. I, I yeah. love a good werewolf story. We love a anyway, good werewolf story. Yeah. Mr. Knox and Meinhardt hear all this and he's like, oh, good lord, can that be Mr. Higgins? And they're lost. They've been going through. <laughs> The, the castle, and again, just more all tons of stuff everywhere, yeah. all over the art. This one kind of looks like the bat symbol. Maybe it's just a bat. Yeah. Because they're in a vampire sure. castle. <laughs> yeah, just very cool stuff. Uh, I can't, I can't uh, get enough of that. It's good. This guy in black with horns comes out of the shadows. Yeah, nice. And so is this is is this black? This is the goat, That's right? The devil. That's, yes. Yeah, but it's the same. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, perhaps I can be of assistance. I'm the devil. Yeah. Please, I understand I can be a little off-putting, but I assure you I mean you no harm. It's just that you two have provided so much entertainment this evening. I love and that he's, we... in, he's in white tie. He's oh, very yeah. dressed up for the occasion. But when he says, you have provided so much entertainment this evening, right. we cut to yeah. Mr. Higgins <laughs> tearing up all the <laughs> vampires and good. Count Golga is running away. I love that panel of him. Like Again, um, this kind of minimal style yeah. or... You know, what Warwick is doing. The way that he's got Count Golga posed there and the little bit of expression that we do get, it conveys so much about what's yeah. happening. You know, you really do see that he's turning and seeing that the werewolf is killing everybody behind yeah. him and he's like running down the well, stairs. Well, even the way that the werewolf is going. Like, yeah. It's just a shape. Yes, But exactly. you can tell what's going on. I love it. It's really good. It's like, God, it's so good. I stared at this panel for a yeah. while. I was like, this is brilliant. So the devil here in his like, in devil. his tux. What's going on, man? He says, the least I can do is show you the way out. And so this little door creaks open. And Knox is like, I don't think that door was there before. <laughs> and he's like, shh, be quiet. Right? <laughs> so he leads them down. And he gets them all the way out of the castle. Another sword here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's like. Uh... Okay. So. So here's the driver. He'll take you wherever you want to go. And they look up at this guy. <laughs> Fucking. Okay, so I want you guys to describe this scene here what because is... I don't even. It's too good. Like, it's one of my favorite parts of the book. Are you talking about? Okay, so they're looking up. It's clearly a skeleton. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? A skeleton? No, what is it? Oh, I don't say that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skeleton. Uh, and he goes, Ingolstadt? That's where the, that's where they're from, no. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. no, but he, but he but he says a, a right. question. Yeah, and yeah. They, uh, they get in, and then he goes, yeah, and then bursts into flames. First, they wave goodbye to off. the devil. Right. First, the yeah. devil waves goodbye to them. Yeah. And then what happens, Aubrey? It bursts into flames, <laughs> and they shoot off like a rocket. <laughs> 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 they crash land into uh, whatever that place was. And the carriage is gone, and so it are their clothes. It explodes into carriage parts. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And they're just Sorry left about there. your trousers. Yeah, Here's they're... some devil money. <laughs> and he picks it up and looks at it. It's got a picture of Black Phillip on it. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, no, I say, no, I think not. <laughs> oh, it's glowing uh... on fire devil money. I mean, this thing would be hilarious to just watch, too. Yes. Amazing. I love Knox and Meinhardt screaming as yes. as it drives up the castle wall. 
the fucking carriage. It's got like horse skeletons or whatever, skeleton horses. Well, like Aubrey, so I think like it. I think it did take off like a rocket. Yeah, I think that's what like happened. That. It does. Well, you see it. The trail of it as it crashes down, and then uh, amazing. They're just well, left wolves in their, are uh, looking at it too. They're just they're left like, in what? their underwear. Um, uh, that is too good. It's good. <laughs> are those wolves down there going? What the fuck what is the that? Fuck is that? <laughs> Here's a sack of devil coins for your trousers getting blown up. We cut over to Castle Golga. We hear the wolf screaming and we see all the carnage in there. And that is another cool one to just zoom in and look at all the different stuff in there. It is, but it's also great. I like this a lot. Yeah. I like this panel where he's the werewolf. He's all, you know, he's burying his teeth and he's got blood all over when we first when we cut back to the castle the waves kind of look like hands yeah on the, uh, on that, the castle itself. that's kind of like what the clouds looked like too it's such a cool design yeah and, I, but I, you get it though yeah, you get you what's get happening it. you know i like that uh the count is still very in his politeness oh right mode he's just may i remind you you were a guest i, I won't have it i won't have it in my house not, not in my house <laughs> Not in I, my house. I'm Count Dragos Golga. I'm 300 years old. He turns into a bat he's, and starts flying away. He's having a little tantrum. And uh, the wolf is chasing after him. It's amazing. I'll trust you to show yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> Just very. It's good. So he slams the door on the wolf, Mr. Higgins. So then left inside the castle... Mr. Higgins just bashes down the walls until pretty much the whole castle like collapses around him. We get some great artwork by Johnson Cadwell as all this happens. I really love this. It's just paced so well. It kind of reminds me of a fairy tale, you yeah. know, like how um, yeah. the idea that you would just like bash the walls until the whole thing came yes. crumbling down around yeah. you and went into the sea or whatever. You know, it is kind of like a fairy fairy tale ending. And so I love this. There's like a beat. We see the remains, and then we see the little coffin of Count Golga pop up in the water, and then the world just bursts out, Rah! And, he just and he just opens up, and, and then he it. just, like, he opens it, and then Golga fries because of the sunlight. <laughs> and it is yeah, just... so the, good. The foom looks good. It's hilarious, it's though, good. but it's also amazing. It's yeah. just like... The movement, like, the motion of it is hilarious. Yes. It's really good The pacing timing. of yeah, it pacing, and just yeah. everything... Um, I love the crick there as he's like grabbing the top of the crypt it's, and he just like yeah. flings it off through the air. <laughs> Very um, expressive. And then Golga just like, ah, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, good. it's too good. Yeah. In the end, on this last page, we're left with Mr. Higgins. He's floating in the Aww. sea inside the coffin, probably with the remains of Golga in there. I would say those remains are probably just ash now. Oh, maybe, yeah. And he's just like looking all sad and he says, well... That didn't change anything. Aww. The end. And he's just left out there. That's sad. And that's it. Yeah, we get some nice little closing art here. We get all the partygoers, Mr. Knox and Meinhardt there in their underwear after the carriage blew up. And then this other closing image from the uh, all like the party when the goers. devil was waving at them. Yeah, oh, that's goodbye. on the back. <laughs> that's on the back cover. Yeah. Well, and he's in there in that panel like it's a non i guess it's like an alternate reality where he was in there with them or something oh mr higgins is in yeah. there wait oh yeah because he didn't go with them oh because i guess not to spoil he was it a, i guess not I'm, to spoil it or give details of the werewolf. story yeah that's interesting but one thing that i did want to talk about is once mr higgins turns into the werewolf <laughs> um the story wraps up like real quick yeah 
And it's mainly just let, oh, letting yeah. Warwick Johnson Cadwell just like go wild yes. and stretch his legs with all this action yeah. as like the world's tearing shit up and the carriage is going off through the air and yeah. all this kind of stuff. He, um, he manages to put the humor alongside the poignant stuff so well. Like it's just very, yeah. it's just, yeah. But one thing I thought was so incredible was the pacing and it just keeps you moving. There's so much storytelling in the art and it's like, the bit of minimal dialogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Mignola's, you could say that his style is minimalist. Yes. But his writing and his storytelling is also yeah. kind of, the it, the dialogue is minimal too. Yeah. But it conveys so much, like we talked about earlier, he how does much storytelling a lot with a little. Is, is done with just like a little comment here and there yeah. and you get the ideas of what's going on yes. and it moves you through the story. For all that he says about him not being a good writer, He's a great like writer. you can't this you can't great. say that this is not great, amazing writing it is, because it's just yeah. like um, oh yeah, to give it off to someone whose art that we've never seen before and is so different from anything that we've ever seen. Like yeah. you get that it's that Mignola humor. It's that sad, but also funny and poignant yes, and all that it's stuff. It's absolutely very Mignola. Anyway. And then ver- it's fresh, but it's also yeah. the style that we've come to expect as well. Yeah. It's good stuff. So I didn't really know. I just kind of picked this because I thought it was a good Halloween book. I didn't really think about what you guys would think about it until later. I was like, hmm, I wonder what they thought about this weird <laughs> I dig thing. I it. I did. I mean, it. what did you think about uh, going through this little this little? I really story liked here? it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was it was quick paced. It was nicely wrapped up in one issue, I guess, or fifty pages or something like that. Uh, the artwork was cool. Yeah, it was great. It was funny. It was sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. I was kind of a. Uh, I don't know. I didn't think about it till later. I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to go over well. But like yeah, it. y'all have read all the Hellboy stuff, so of you course you would like it. Is that it? Right yeah, so look, it's this nice little book here. You see that? I love The this. little hardcovers. It's so nice. Hardcover. And so and I'm glad you guys like it because there is actually a sequel oh, wow. called Our Encounters with Evil. And oh, so maybe wow. we'll get to that one on a future book club episode. It's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful little book. Yeah. I like this. It's very nice. Both of them are very nice. Yeah. It's good to just have them. Uh, they're just, uh, it's nice to have a nice little hardcover comic like on your this. bookshelf. And yeah, the color comes across really well. It's, yeah, it really does. Excellent. It's just like, a, like to read it, oh, I actually didn't read it in the comicsology. I just sat down and read it like that. This is a first edition. This nice. Is nice. And it's just, it's, it's very nice to just sit down on the couch with and just, just go through it and it's like uh it's if a i was a kid this would be like one of my favorite things yeah. to read yeah like this is this would be like one of my favorite books of all time awesome buy I'm this so for glad. your kids yeah yeah it's, it's, a, it's really a good halloween good. read yeah. i can imagine this being like my favorite book like at the age of like eight i would be just so psyched to take this out awesome awesome well, great. I can't wait to hear what everyone else thought. And again, good some more Mignola stuff. We're still doing it. We're still doing it here. So just a different channel. Check out our raffle before the deadline ends. And I appreciate all you guys. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. Same bat time, different bat channel. <laughs> all right, everybody. Mr. Higgins comes home. That was a fun story. I want to hear what you thought. Fun you and sad. Us, uh, you can send us a, hey, you damn guys, at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on twitter at bookclubmembers and also you can also find all of our resources on our podbean website and our link trees on the uh, different social medias yes thank you 
As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gartahan for the theme music. Thank yes, you, Paul. Awesome. Thank, and a thank you to, uh, I guess, uh, to, to John for picking this wonderful story for all of us to enjoy. And thank you all for listening. And um, you can find the podcast, the different podcast apps. Uh, we're going to be there for Not There Yet. We're, we're still working on yes, some of them, Yes, we're still – God, this Apple podcast one is a nightmare right now. <laughs> I just – like I haven't heard anything, and every time I check, it's like – pending or something or it says submitted uh, but it's like i haven't heard anything, and that's the one so. everyone cares about and that's the one everybody wants and i totally understand <laughs> yeah. that but i'm trying to get it out there so come on and guys. apparently that's the only one you can re- leave reviews on as well so oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> all right well uh but hey if, if this is we'll in the future soon. and you're listening and you're listening to this on apple podcast why don't you open it up and uh, give us that five star rating um <laughs> in the future yes Next week, we are reading the first arc of Harrow County by Tyler Crook and Colin Bunn. So you know what to do. Get at those trades, digitals, omnis, back issues, hoopla app, and join us next week. Scrying bowl. Scrying bowl. (laughs) Do it that way. Scry it. Cast a spell. Uh, And join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm a werewolf. I'm a goat that is also the devil. (laughs) I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, cancel. Tonight's Walpurgis, the devil's own knight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was a good one.